We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, Jonathan Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Ooh, nice week. Nice week to come on here and talk about some New York Knicks basketball. Uh, doing so with, of course, the one and only, the man who's, who's lead on the season standings is slowly slipping away, slowly but surely, Jeremy Cohen. Hello, Jeremy. How are you, sir? I'm you all right, John. Faith. I appreciate how obsessed you are with coming back okay. because when you win, it's the first thing you mention. And when you lose, it's just snuck in at the very end. Whereas I, I try to be a little bit more humble with my winnings, which by the way, are still more than yours at this point in the standings. But I wouldn't say that because that would make me feel less humble and I'm the most humblest. So there you go. <laughs> I'm incredibly handsome and I'm humble too. Yes. Um, yeah, I listen, I'm enjoying it. But it's 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 nice when it's nice when you are um kind of when you're when you're the the positive one and you win because then then you get to be happy for two reasons, right? It's true. And for me too, I get to be happy when the Knicks win and when I still get to be ahead in the season standing. So it's great either way. Yeah, no, this is very yeah. good. Um, so we're we're coming at you recording as we usually do on a Sunday night. Weird, weird weekend because the Knicks didn't play this weekend. Was this? I don't know. Was this like the second weekend they didn't play a game? It feels it's definitely one of the few weekends that they have not uh, played any game. But it was kind of nice. It was nice. We got to enjoy a win on Friday. Polish off a very good week. Um, go into a part of uh, the schedule that should be interesting that we'll talk about as we prepare for some some friendly faces that will be coming back which we'll talk about. But like, yeah, it was nice to have kind of a relaxing weekend. And we'll, we'll talk through the games that took place over the last week. But like, I don't know. It feels pretty good to be a Knicks fan right now, right? Yeah. It, I feel like we're exactly where we were when the Knicks had, what, won seven in a row? Six in a row? Wherever point we were and where we were talking about a win streak. Yeah. It's just, it's wild how, it's a roller coaster. It You know, like I think about it, would I rather have like, 
win-win loss, win-win loss, that sort of thing. I wouldn't. I think it, I'd, I'll take this. Nice. <laughs> the highs, they're very high. The lows, a bit lower. But low, yeah, it, the, the five-game losing streak was annoying. <laughs> it was, but the thing about that was it didn't feel like there were moments. It, it felt like there were things that were salvageable that just kind of slipped away. And you could say, well, the Knicks got away with games, for example, in Toronto. They got away with one against the Spurs, but it didn't feel quite the same to me. Um, like it wasn't another team blowing it and the Knicks capitalizing. Yeah. It was it was a little different than that. So I'm very happy with where the Knicks are at. Again, it's it is it. You have someone in Julius Randle who is playing at an incredible level right now, who deserves to be in the all-star conversation, paired with Jalen Brunson, who's playing at a phenomenal level, who will not make the all-star team, but hey, deserves to be in the conversation. I, I Listening to your podcast with Benji, I agree. I, I don't want to agree. I still think Randall will make it, but it's tough to get two players on the same team there. And, you know, then you have all these players who are in their early to mid-20s, and that's what's propelling you. And you may even have the rare uh, Evan Fournier appearance, and it could be a good one, as we saw in Toronto. So, yeah, things are good. Things are good right now. Things are good. Um I'm actually going to push back though on what you in a minute um, on what you said about it feeling the same or similar to the winning streak because I, I think there's a, a slight difference which I'll, I'm going to get to in a minute. Not the content, not the context of the win streaks per se. It's more just yeah. winning a lot of games consecutively. Yeah, then- but I uh, well I, I want to get back to it first. Let's let's talk briefly about this week because it was an interesting week. Um, so. The sky was falling the week prior, and then they came back with this win over the over the Rockets, which was a nice win. And then we started this week, which was with a game against the Suns. Now the Suns missing Devin Booker, um, missing Cam Johnson. Um, in general, the Suns have been not quite free falling, but the Suns have been struggling quite a bit over the last uh, several weeks, especially without Booker. Even so, it's the Suns. It's one of those teams that like. You kind of worried muscle memory wise, would they come into the garden matinee? Maybe the Knicks don't have it. God knows we've seen some matinee performances this year, which we don't need to talk about um, that have not been so good. And then the Knicks basically play the best basketball of their season for the first. I don't know how much time was left in the first half when they went up. I think it was 52 to like 21 or something like that. Um, but it was through whatever, 16, 17 minutes. And then they kind of meandered to the finish line. So it was that game to me was important in the sense that they had their pieces back. Like I, they, they had had Brunson back for the um, Carpenter from Rome. They had Brunson back for the Rockets game. My memory is for shit. He did um, back the Rockets game. Yes, he was back for the Rockets game. But like, you know, so an additional game back. Julius is there, quickly's in the starting five, the whole thing. And to do that, he did I was not like, come back from the Brunt for the uh <laughs> no, he was not back for the Rockets game. He was not back from the Rockets. He was not, game. No. So even even more to my point, they smacked the Rockets, but the Rockets are bad. Um, without Brunson, even though that game was like a little bit closer than it probably should have been. They ended up winning by about 20. So then, yeah, more to my point, Brunson comes back, Brunson comes back for the Suns game, and it's like, oh my God, look at what they are when they're fully complete. And to me, that game was like a reminder of maybe we exaggerated a little bit. Some of what went on when Brunson was not in the lineup, 
especially given how vitally important he was for this team over the first, whatever it was, month and a half and change of the season. And then you follow that up with a Spurs win that was closer than it should have been, probably, although the Spurs took the um, Celtics down to the last minute of the game uh, on Saturday night. Still won the game. Um, And then, of course, we had the game against Toronto, which, while certainly contained a heart-pounding final uh, three and a half minutes, again, that was a game where, you know, similar to the Suns game, where it's like, "Eh, you don't know what you're going to get. Team that has some pedigree, matinee, the whole thing. The Raptors, and I went through it in the newsletter that I, uh, I wrote over the weekend, the Raptors hadn't just beat the Knicks away from Madison Square Garden 11 straight times. They they were, like some of the scores of these games were obscene. There was one game where they won by single digits, and there were several games where they won by like 20 and, and 30 or, or more points. It was really quite a, a run for the Knicks north of the border. And they came in, and they were just very quickly established themselves as the better team. And then even more impressively than that, the Raps were coming back. Third quarter looked like one of those classic games. Uh, the Knicks are going to give up the lead. They're not going to get it back. The whole thing. And what do they do? They push forward again. And they got up to the point where it should have been been a game that they won going away. Uh, if you want to talk about the last few minutes, we could talk about the few minutes. I talked about it a lot the other night. Um, but like this was, there was a very, to me... For as bad as those last couple of minutes were, and as maybe they should have won more against the Spurs, this was a very solidifying week for me, which is what, what, why I'm kind of distinguishing it from whenever we talked during the winning streak, because that was still very like out of the blue. It was, it was new. It was like, what do we make of this? How much of this is luck? How much of this is, are they going to fall off a cliff after this is done? This was solidifying for me to watch this team and fi- and try to figure out again, as we've been asking all season long, what are they like? What, 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 you know, where's the ceiling? Where's the floor? Those sorts of things. Yeah. Well, the thing is the, the way that the original eight game winning streak started was the Knicks were up against the Mavs and then the bottom fell out in the third quarter. They lost that game. You have Cam Reddish, not seeing minutes shortly thereafter. And in that first game, the general vibe was there's another game tomorrow and it's going to be against the Cavs. Donovan Mitchell is going to score 40 million points against us. And Knicks are just going to get blown out and people are going to get fired. And, and it turned out, Hey, didn't happen that way. The Knicks won that game. And this was also two games removed from when they had a good game against the bucks. They didn't win it, but they they stuck around until the last minute, especially when Giannis was, uh, he fouled out. Grayson Allen hit the three, say no more. With this one, you know, again, that five game losing streak didn't feel, it didn't feel like an authentic drubbing, so to speak, right? Like there were games that just slipped away that should have been wins and simply were missed opportunities. So I think. What, I, what I'm appreciating about this four-game winning streak is, yes, of course, the Knicks are beating up on reeling teams. Um, they settled down in that Houston game after the first quarter and just absolutely destroyed them defensively for the last three quarters. They did exactly what they were supposed to do against the Suns, a team, as you mentioned, missing Devin Booker and Cameron Johnson. That's what you're supposed to do. Um, again, the Spurs just have a very good bench. The Knicks seem to not be able to contain them quite as they would like to. Not a great matchup also. As it's not. Talk yeah. about. Yeah. And and Mitch has been phenomenal this season. He just he does not know 
how to handle Jakob Pertl. We all have our kryptonite that appears to be Mitchell Robinson. What a weird kryptonite. It really, <laughs> really is. Yeah, I, I know. Um, yeah. anyway. And then and then you have the Toronto game, which I mean, you you mentioned about how the Knicks have lost some significant games in Toronto. How about the game that they lost against Toronto in Tampa, where they shot the worst three point percentage <laughs> in NBA history for a team in a single game? Yeah. So it's nice to exercise a lot of these demons. But even as you put together these wins, to me, it's like, yeah, remember that eight game win streak? That was great for a decent amount of the five games that they lost should have walked away with wins. And with these four games so far, it kind of feels like, Hey, the things that didn't go right in those five games are starting to at least tip back over to, to the Knicks side. Only it wasn't, like I said, another team's missed opportunities, so to speak, that really gave the Knicks the win. Cause the Knicks were up by 16 points, I believe at one point mm. against the Raptors. Um, uh, they were up by 16 well, they were up by they were up by seventeen in the first half, but they went up by sixteen with four minutes to go. Yeah, right. So, and in Toronto, here's the other thing, right? Like, we can talk about Tibbs and how the Knicks have a history of blowing leads and maybe being a little too conservative and finding ways to get around that. Toronto just did this against Milwaukee. They came back. I mean, the score you blink, and amazingly enough, they forced overtime. They had a phenomenal last five minutes of of basketball against them and they still wound up losing that game but it could also just be that some teams kick it into a higher gear later on Quinn Grimes did a phenomenal job on Siakam defensively and things that just like I said didn't go right and other opportunities seemed to go right this time and um, when everything's said and done Knicks are 13 and 5 in their last 18 and that's pretty good yeah and you may, so you mentioned the last 18. So that would be going back to the Cleveland game. And we talk, as we always do, about lines of demarcation. And I guess the reason why this week was solidifying for me, I agree with everything you said, by the way. But like, if we zoom out, right? If we zoom out, since this starting since this version of the team essentially is what we've seen and again you could go back to when they went to this starting lineup which was at the for the Oklahoma City game at not at home the Oklahoma City game on the road um that was the first time they they went with this version of it or if you want to go back to when the winning streak started which was after the Dallas game i want to go back to the the where the the Oklahoma City game in OKC the start of this starting lineup because over that entire time, they've gotten they got murdered at home against Dallas, right? They got absolutely destroyed. They were embarrassed, ran off the floor in the second half after they played a pretty good first half of basketball. Other than that one game, they have either won every game, or in the case of I guess the Every other game that they've played has come down to either the final minute, if you want to say the game in San Antonio when they were missing RJ Barrett and and Jalen Brunson, that came down to like the final two minutes. And then if you want to say the Christmas game, right? The Christmas game against Philly, which certainly came down to the fourth quarter, but that game was pretty much over with like five minutes to go. That is a stretch of 23 games. And so in 23 games, this starting lineup 
one blowout, one game that got away from them in the fourth quarter, one game that they again, the Spurs game, which they were we knew they weren't going to win that game. They didn't play well all game, but like they were at least in it until the last couple of minutes. And then everything else is either a win or a loss, literally like the last whatever X amount of seconds. 23 games is like not an insignificant sample size. I I feel that's why I'm 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 going back to this theme of like solidifying. And if you want to and if you want to take it back to the the Cavs game which you mentioned, since that Cavs game, which is um sorry, which is, uh, it's, that was the 24th game of their season, so 17 games, right? 17 games second best net rating in the league. Now, I you can take it with a grain of salt. What? Yeah. 18, but yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, what, okay, even better. Second best net rating in the league over that stretch of games, more than a month. I feel good about this team, and I, I feel like this week really settled me into to, to, to allowing myself to feel like, no, this isn't just a hot streak. This isn't just playing the right opponents. This isn't this. This isn't that. This is a real, not a contending team. Not even a team that's going to be fighting for home court advantage in the playoffs, but a team that like should absolutely be if not in the lead for the six seed from here on in, like in the race at the, at the very least. Yeah. hundred percent. I completely agree. And I think the other thing, if we're using that thunder game as the benchmark, and I personally believe that is the ideal place to start um, dating from that game, November 21st till January 6th with the Raptors game, the Knicks have lost one game. Excuse me. There has been one game, I guess where, I mean, technically a loss anyway, but one game where the Knicks have lost by more than seven points and the Sixers game, we could say like, well, that was, you know, a blowout in the fourth quarter, just everything kind of fell apart and the Knicks found a way to climb back and, and sure. But even still, if we call it two games, that's impressive. That's really impressive for a team that does not have a quote unquote star that is having these younger players where everything seemed in flux um, a mere what week and a half later from from that Thunder game when we had the Mavs oh, game and, and everything just yeah, seemed absolutely on fire like that's it just I know that with so many games it's a challenge to kind of stay in the moment and also look at the bigger picture but the larger picture here it's a beautiful one. It belongs in the Louvre. It belongs in, in <laughs> MoMA, where whatever type of historical piece of art, I like you know, it. whatever history or, or timeline, the best museum that it has, it belongs in that one. And it's just, it's great. And, and it's, it's, it's encouraging moving forward as well, because there are some very tough games on the schedule um, in a few weeks, not right yeah, away. We'll, we'll, get and there. we'll get there for sure. But, this was essentially what they have been needing to do, taking care of business. It's just a shame that some of those games, they didn't do it in the way that they should have. It, yeah. It, it, as you're saying it, I'm like, I was about to say, until you say that last thing, I was like, is this the best case scenario for the 22-23 Knicks in terms of what they what they have done? You know, what, what was is what we have seen through 40 games the best case scenario? And... It would have been had it not been for as Jeremy's dying and needs to take a drink of water. <laughs> You're right there. Yeah. Water went down the wrong way. You know, there you go. It happens. Well, there you go. It would have been a perfect intro to this podcast had it not been for the water going down the wrong way. Something you've done thousands of times in your in your life. Drink water. And yet on this instance, it goes down the wrong pipe. 
that was, let's see, we can analogize it to the Dallas game, either Dallas game, actually. We can analogize it to either Dallas game or one or two others. But like, I think for the most part, um, this is about as good as, you know, anyone, anyone could have hoped for. And that's a, that's a nice feeling. I, you mentioned no stars. I want to get back to that for a second, but first we're going to, uh, what I was going to say, if there was ever a transition, it would be me drinking (laughs) water and nearly dying and needing to figure out who I can sue for damages. (laughs) Um, I don't know who is at Poland Spring, maybe. Uh, uh, yeah. I appreciate the fact that you think that I am. Uh, I have enough disposable income to direct towards Poland Spring. No, this is New York City tap water, baby. That's what we work with. If, listen, and, even better. So you could, you could. Uh, I could, yes, York. I could afford Poland Spring, but I, I am still staying true to my New York City tap water. Me, me and you both. Uh, anyway, it's time to hear from our friends at Weiss and Rosenblum uh, with the personal injury report. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenbloom.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. I, you never know. Maybe there's a case there. There could be. And you know what? The best part is cup. It, it, yes. Well, n- probably not the angle you want to go to because it is a Nick's film school cup. Um, but with <laughs> that, so, I sue Nick's film school. Yeah, that's great. Love it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I listen. I, it, the, I've seen some things back in back in the day. Husbands suing wives is wild, wacky stuff that goes on. Um, anyway, enough about that. Um, so, yes, the Weiss and Rosenblum personal injury report um, is a personal injury report filled with good news, I think, uh, as it were. So first and foremost, I don't know who should we start with? I guess we'll stop, start with Obi Toppin, mm-hmm. who um, had his leg, uh, you know, something happened to his leg. It was a thing, a leg thing. And uh, he went through all of practice today. Uh, Tom Thibodeau said there's a good chance or that he didn't actually say it, but he strongly implied there was a good chance that he could be back um, in the rotation soon. I am expecting to see him against the Bucks. I don't know about you, Jeremy. You are? I'll say yes. I'll say yes. But there's there's no doubt an easier opportunity to have him against the Pacers than there would be against Milwaukee. Just based on the Bucks game is a tough one to come back to. But I'll agree with you. I will say yes he it is a tough one reps. to go back to. But to me, it's it's the sort of thing where it's like if there were a blowout, and I think that it's harder to do with Milwaukee unless you are on the other end of it. Not to say the Knicks can't uh, blow out the Bucks. They don't get blown right. out anymore. Right. So that's that's the thing. It's like either the Knicks keep it close or they're winning, um, or they're winning by so much that then Obi comes in and if Giannis is playing, it's going to be harder. And yet. The Charlotte Hornets went into Milwaukee and had a 
one point first quarter. So wild. So yeah, I'll just yes, I would love to see Obi Toppin. So I'm just going to will it into existence that he'll be back against the Bucks. I mean, against the Raptors, who you know, again, I think this was more opponent. One, it was opponent specific, and two, Julius Randle was having had the first quarter of his life. So it took a while for Jericho Sims to even get in the game. But like Jericho Sims only played four minutes against the Raptors. Um, so like the notion that Obi Toppin can't get in there and play three, four, five minutes a half at the very least against the Bucks, I, I think that's um that's what I would I would guess, but we'll we'll see. Um whatever. Whether it's against the Bucks or whether it's against the Pacers, he's gonna be back very soon. The more interesting one, um, because we've been waiting patiently for it, is R.J. Barrett, which Andrew Claudio writes down here in the personal injury report, uh, finger chopped off. Um, R.J. Barrett did most of practice today, according to Tibbs. His uh, listing is doubtful. So I don't remember when's the last time the Knicks had a doubtful tag on someone that ended up playing. I feel like it's been long enough that I can't remember who it is. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. Remember either? No, I don't. I, yeah. I, he's I, helpful I, for a reason. Yeah, he's helpful for a reason. Uh, again, soon he'll be back. Soon, I will just ask you where RJ Barrett is concerned. Are you? Could you pick a word to describe your emotions about the thought of RJ Barrett coming back? Good. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't like. I know you're looking for something that's a little bit. You were a lit major, weren't you? Uh, yeah. No, just it's a sort of thing where there are a lot of players right now who are playing heavy minutes, Emmanuel quickly specifically being one of them. Le- and in the league still, I think, it, over the last eight games, maybe? He I'll very well up. might be. Uh, you know, so it's a sort of thing where things have been going just fine, even in RJ Barrett's absence. But make no mistake, the starting five with RJ Barrett still has fantastic numbers so it'd be nice to have him back into the fold and but that's the thing it's like the Knicks it's nice to have a team where they miss him but they don't miss him so dearly that it shows how depleted they might be they really do have this seemingly next man up mentality because when you think about it how many wings have the Knicks really played since RJ Barrett went out right I mean they they have Emmanuel quickly in the starting lineup, but I mm. I wouldn't go so far as say he's a wings. Maybe Grimes gets bumped up a bit, but he's still to me he's still more of a guard combo. But whatever. I mean, we're getting technical, but like no, Cam Reddish there's, isn't playing. There's Evan Fournier is big wings. Yeah, Evan Fournier is not playing significant minutes. So the Knicks have been able to hang on without the absence of what I think archetype wise is the most important position uh, in the NBA. I know some might say point guard. I get that. I guess from what I'm saying is more like if you have the best wings, then you are probably one of the best where I'd rather have the best wings, the best point guards. But then again, I understand that point guard has been a little bit of an issue before Jalen Brunson. So now that I talk it through, maybe I take it back regardless. It doesn't matter. I'm glad RJ Barrett's coming back. They need him, but fortunately they don't need him so badly that they can't do anything without him. Yeah, clearly because they've, they've done pretty well since Brunson has has come back. They've won they've won those three games and then the the Rockets game before that. Um quickly by the way over the last it's the last seven games is averaging 39.2 minutes uh trails only his teammate Julius Randle as well as Pascal Siakam and DeMar DeRozan um in terms of minutes played over that time. So 
Good job by Emmanuel Quickly. Uh, Emmanuel Quickly, I love Emmanuel Quickly. You love Emmanuel Quickly. We all love Emmanuel Quickly. He probably should not be playing 39 minutes a game. And yet, Tom Thibodeau is going to try to get those wins, and he knows right now with the players he has available to him, the best path to that happening is for Emmanuel Quickly to play upwards of 40 minutes a game. The word I would use to describe RJ coming back, which is not necessarily a word I thought I would use if you would ask me like a month ago. Oh, so RJ Barrett's going to go back, come back, go out for a little while. Quickly is going to take his place in the starting lineup. The team is going to win all their games with Quickly in his place with a fully healthy and intact starting lineup. Um, how are you going to feel when RJ is ready to come back? There are words that I would have thought of at the time. Um, excited is not one of them. And yet, I'm excited for him to come back now. And the, the, Again, thing a lot of things crystallized for me this week. Watching that Raptors game, and, and I know they won the game, and I know they went up by 16 with three and a half minutes to go. But that was a that was a chore. Um, they got off to a great start thanks to Julius Randle, who, you know, shooting flames out of his butt in the fourth quarter or first quarter, excuse me. Um, 19 points is as good a first quarter as you'll ever see anyone have. And then from that point forward. Really until the fourth or the late third, early fourth, when the aforementioned Emmanuel quickly started to create some offense, they were kind of reliant on on threes. Like whenever anybody had a sliver of space with their defender, you know, a foot off of him or something behind the arc, guys would just fire away. And to the next credit, those guys were hitting those shots. But it was basically it was that. It was offensive rebounds from Mitchell Robinson, which he could do against this Raptor team. He had eight of them. All of them were big. And then there was the occasional, you know, Julius Randle uh, created a bucket. But after the first quarter, those kind of went away. So for like the middle two quarters of that game, I was watching that as they were locking up Jalen Brunson with, with all their length and with they could throw Van Fleet at him. And I'm like, man, it'd be really nice to have an RJ Barrett during this game to kind of drive the lane and just be able to get shots up at the rim. And I had the same thought at least one other time um, this week that he really doesn't add an extra dimension to this offense. And the numbers back that up They're uh, over 122 points per hundred possessions um, in over 300 minutes with this starting lineup. So I'm excited to have him back. I'm excited to see how they can continue to grow and develop together and excited to see how they continue to, and, Tibbs mixes and matches quickly. RJ with the bench, with the starters, the whole thing. Cause I feel like if you add RJ to this mix as well as they're playing, there's a real, there's a fun ceiling for this team. You know, again, not like contender ceiling, but a really fun ceiling. Yeah. The ability to maybe make some noise in the playoffs. Who's is to that say? crazy? I don't think it is, but you know, listen, they've got a, there is, as this episode will come out on January 9th, a month until, a month exactly until the trade deadline. So they will do something. Uh, will they do some things? I don't know. Hopefully, that would be nice. You seem but sure. I'm. If you're asking me, will they move Cam Reddish? Then the answer is yes, they will move Cam Reddish. Okay. Do you see but, a world in which they don't move Cam Reddish? Well, Jeremy, can I... Can I tell you how sick I am in the head before we move on to uh, <laughs> this week's uh, cashback player of the week presented by uh, our friends at Chase Freedom Unlimited? Uh, this is how sick I am in the head. I was watching the Lakers last night. 
uh, fun game, a game with just absolutely no defense whatsoever between the Lakers and the Kings. And um, I, the you know, LeBron's doing everything and they're, they've, they're on this little five game winning streak. And then I woke up this morning and I saw that LeBron had some, some comments after the game in which he uh, was basically like, what did he tell Sam? <laughs> Y'all know what the fuck we need to do. <laughs> Something along those lines. Along those, yeah, basically being like, "Look at who I'm playing." He didn't say it. Like, he wasn't like Kevin Durant, who who said the thing, the quiet part out loud. He's like, "Look who I'm playing with." LeBron didn't say that, but he was like, "Look, we all know what needs to happen here. They need to make an upgrade." And I was thinking about that, and then I was thinking about the fact that the Knicks, as we expected them to do, guaranteed um, Svi and uh, Archie's uh, contracts over the uh, officially on Saturday. So those those contracts become guaranteed. Not a huge deal because, as you've talked about before, they're not near the luxury tax. So it's like if they end up having to waive those one of those players or both of those players, it's not it doesn't really make a difference. In any case, so I was looking at the Lakers roster and I'm like, huh, you know, Kendrick Nunn kind of playing for them a little bit, so maybe they don't want to move Nunn. Stamian Jones, he's out of the rotation, but that's not enough money straight up for Cam. They have to include someone else. So then, if they do that, it's a two for one, and then we need to. Wave one of those guys, but then would if we had such a deal like that lined up, would we have just guaranteed both of them? This is what goes through my mind. And then one more thing, because again, sick, sick in the head. I'm like, if the what if the Knicks are already thinking about potential Hardenstein destinations? Well, they would need they would want to get a third center from somewhere. Damian Jones, again, the guy you were in love with in the offseason. Perfect third center. You don't want to play him, but if you need to play him, stick him in there for 10 minutes. You can. This is what I was thinking about it. Otherwise, perfectly fine, like Saturday night, Sunday morning. I have issues, Jeremy. John, you do have issues. But the worst part is that I do that a lot of the time. So I also have issues with that. Uh, and that's why this, this works as well as does. There you so go. We're both crazy people, but I will, I'll say this. I like the whole Kendrick Nunn thing. Cause I watched the Hawks Lakers game on Friday night and that was hilarious. Just I, very funny. Yeah. But, but even still like none was playing a huge role because Reeves and Walker are out and like it, it doesn't change up a lot of the dynamics and it's still, I still think that no matter what, the Lakers do like it would make a lot of sense for them to pretty much try to be an over the cap team. And that's what we talked about before. You, if they don't, if there's no world where they re-sign Patrick Beverly, then they're pretty much guaranteeing themselves to be under the cap. There were some interesting comments that Joe Lacob made this past week in an interview about, I it's better to, to he, he basically talked about how sometimes it's better to move players a year early than a year late, something along those lines, which They've got Clay Thompson and uh, Draymond Green's contracts on the books. I would imagine he was probably talking more about Draymond Green than he was about Thompson because Green can just opt into his player option if he wants to. But if you're the Lakers and you're thinking, all right, well, we don't really care about this year. We care about next year, which I disagree with. You have LeBron James. Just do it. He seems to disagree as well. Perhaps perhaps more notably than you disagree. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, But it's that sort of thing where still in my mind, that's where Fournier's salary helps them later on. That's where still like Cam and being a restricted free agent with a higher cap hold. Like he's not going to cost them that much money when they do pay him. Like all these little things that to the casual fan shouldn't necessarily matter, but but they have they have long lasting impacts and what they can do. So 
I still, again, there to me, there is not a world where Cam Reddish, as he languishes on the bench, not playing, whether it is a mutual agreement or one party saying this isn't happening. And I'm not even necessarily talking about the Knicks. It could also be in the case of Cam Reddish and his representation. But even still, an opportunity needs to be found for him because I also don't see why the Knicks would want to extend him. And as you no. talked about with Fred, why they would offer the qualifying offer, which he could then take. And then he has a no trade clause by default because all these reasons. It's just they need to move him. I see them moving him. The question to me is, are there other pieces that they are moving yes. at the deadline? Yes. 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 And that is what I am anxious about. Not in a way that's like it's negative, but just I'd like to know a month from now at after the 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time deadline, who is going to be a Nick and who will not be. Very last thing on this, and then we'll move on because again, team's playing well. We want to focus on the team that is on the that's playing. Um I don't think this is a hot take at all. I, I think Fournier has moved past Derek Rose in the not in the rotation, but like if we need if uh, break glass, he's the first break glass in case of emergency player now. Um, and I think he has played very nicely since he's been called upon. He was, a, as many pointed out, he was plus 23 in like, I don't know what it was, 12 or 13 minutes the other night against the Raptors. Like, he, and, and like, to be honest with you, like that should be the case. Like Evan Fournier, like very recently was paid a lot of money by the Knicks. And we all thought that was a decent signing. And even after his first year, we were like, okay, Maybe not the best contract, but fine after all he did. And now he's kind of moved into this other role. Like Derek Rose, it you know, I don't I don't want to say it out loud, but like we can kind of see where this is. It's it's not it's it doesn't look like it's coming back. So given that situation, I, I wonder I wonder how how I wonder what what their what their discuss. Let me be general and, and leave it at this. I wonder what their discussions surrounding any Fournier trades are like. And I I wonder, you know, Fred always mentions like, yeah, they'll talk about Fournier, but they'll be like, we want a second round pick back. At this point, I almost wonder is there a part of him that's like, you know what? Maybe we should just hang on to this guy. Like I, I easily move it becomes an eighteen million dollar or nineteen million dollar expiring contract next year. You've talked about the possible uh, benefits that come with that. Like there's, I, it's just something I've been thinking about also. For sure. I th- I think the most polite thing to say in regards to the Derrick Rose situation is the best value he provides is that he can give the te- another team the opportunity to either get out of any long-term salary, long-term being like past the 2023, probably ending for 2024, um, or not. Or they can extend him uh, and, and with his team option, pick it up. I don't necessarily know why they would, but there are circumstances which it might make sense to pick up his contract. Like for example, if the Knicks only found a way to trade Reddish and Fournier for expiring money and the Knicks Reddish and Fournier Fournier for expiring money. And yet the Knicks wanted to be an over the cap team next year. How does that help you do it? You You keep Derek Rose and you guarantee his salary. That's the only context where it would make sense to really do that. But with Fournier, I mean, I, I, if you are, if you're the Knicks and you're bringing someone in who is going to play meaningful minutes in some capacity, and you're not trading any of the nine other rotation pieces that you believe will stay in the rotation, I'm including someone like Deuce McBride in this case, and I'm not including Jericho Sims. I'm bringing Obi Toppin back into the fold. You either need to play Evan Fournier, which then would make an 11-person roster, 
if everyone is healthy or you're back in the spot of yes or you're back in the spot of Evan Fournier is on the outside looking in of the rotation which of course they could do they already took him out I don't think that they want to put him back um, with you know I don't think they want to mothball him I think that they're looking for an opportunity where they correct I it's interesting to me and you you might be able to um, to prove me wrong on this but I feel like Fournier made the comments to the daily news about his role and not it was like the next game he started playing again. He had some role. I think it was also the the Mavs game where that's when Stefan Bondi's article came out. And then sure enough, Fournier was playing that Spurs game. So I'm not saying that is the impetus for why he's playing. I think it, but it may have been a factor perhaps in the Knicks saying, look, we do have this player. Ideally, we do want to move him. We know he's still an NBA player. Maybe it's not even about how much value can we get for this guy, like in terms of second round pick, but how movable will he be? We were in a situation in the offseason where there was a thought process of if Evan Fournier is going out in a Donovan Mitchell trade, the Knicks are now adding another pick for a team to take on that salary. Yeah. And so if you're able to say like, no, no, he is, we can get him to a point where it's salvageable because when he's not playing... He's just sitting there. I, and it, like teams know I, what he is. It, it, yeah. I don't mean this in the way that like they're playing up his trade value. That, that's no, not I what don't. I need to imply. It's more just not. like, hey, here's here's a reminder that we need someone at the three. We need someone who can space the floor. Evan Forney is here. We're really depleted. This is what he has to offer. We're still listening. We want, but we're not we're not willing to move him for the sake of moving him because it's never been about this year, and it's not going to be about this year moving forward, as good as this team might be over the last 23 games or so. I am willing to wager that there will be games in which Evan Fournier is on this roster and if everybody that is ahead of him in the rotation is healthy, that he will not play. That is what I am willing to wager. Uh, Yes, I'm not disagreeing with that. It's more between now and and the deadline that I'm trying to not not playing him if if there are other players who are ahead of him. I don't. I'll let me say this. I don't think there will ever be a scenario where they play. I, I think they're going to stick with 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 nine. I think they're going to stick with nine. And if everybody's healthy and they stick with nine, I don't think Forty is going to play. Like I don't think he moves ahead of Deuce, and uh, there's no one else that he would even possibly move ahead of. That's my that's my prediction. It's not unfounded. No, I, I get it. Yeah, yeah. But we'll see. Um, you're. I don't think you're. You're. Your thought is is uh, is crazy easy by any stretch. Okay. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What's going on, Knicks fans? This new year, you've got goals, and Factor is here to help you achieve each and every one of them. Save time and have the energy you need to tackle everything on your to-do list with Factor's ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. Get Factor and not only skip the trip to the grocery store, but skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. No matter what your lifestyle, Factor has the meals to help you live it to the fullest. With keto, calorie-smart, vegan veggie, and protein-plus meals on the menu each week, prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all of the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. With 35 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 36 plus quick bites, smoothies, juices, and more satisfying add-ons. Looking to cut back on takeout? Get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheaper than takeout, but meals are ready quicker than restaurant delivery. In just two minutes, eating vegan or veggie is a snap with Factor because each meal is prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians. You know that your Factor meal has all of the ingredients you want and nothing you don't. And if you're looking to mix it up, you can add a protein to select vegan plus veggie meals each week. Get Factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Ready in just two minutes, there really is no easier way to eat well. Achieve and maintain your goals this year with Factor. Get America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit and start saving time, eating well, and living your best year ever. Don't hesitate. Head to factor75.com slash filmschool60 and use code filmschool60 to get 60% off your first box. That's code filmschool Filmschool60 at factor75.com slash filmschool60 to get 60% off your first box. Let us get to the Cashback Player of the Week, a.k.a. the Game Ball, presented by our good friends at Chase Freedom Unlimited. See, what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to read the candidates so Andrew doesn't yell at me or you to do so. Um, This week, the candidates for the Cashback Player of the Week are Julius Randle. The apology needs to be as loud as the disrespect. I am reading what Andrew writes on the rundown. That is not my words. Those are pretend you are hearing Andrew Claudio's words. <laughs> That's great, Andrew. Thank you. Uh, Emmanuel, quickly, um, number one in the NBA in uh, def- on off differential for defensive rating. He's awesome. Uh, Mitchell Robinson had 18 big rebounds against the Raptors, including eight on the offensive glass. Uh, Jalen Brunson. Can we? Can we is it too soon to call him Mr. Clutch? I don't know. Uh, but some big clutch baskets uh, late down the stretch against the Toronto Raptors. They they certainly do not win that game um, without Jalen Brunson. Also had uh, some some notable moments at the end against the Spurs as well. Uh, and then two more. Uh, one on a serious note. DeMar Hamlin uh, seems to be doing better. Um, awesome that that is... Awesome that that is what it, what happened as opposed to what could have happened. So uh, shout out to Damar. And then last but um, last and least, hashtag Claudio Prophecy 13 and 5 is still in play. There's no chance in hell either of us is picking that one. 
Um, no. Um, in Sorry, spirit, man. we both pick Demar Hamlin, but yes. uh, for, for the sake of content, uh, we'll pick someone else. I hmm. should I do it? Yeah, I, I would like to log a complaint, and I almost want to drag <laughs> on Andrew on here to log a complaint. Um, and I do. What did you do? Yeah, so I know where you, I think I know where you're going with this. It, it it's it's not. It's not what you did. It's what you didn't what you do. Didn't do. Okay. There's a lot of there's a lot of names. There's a lot of names. A lot of people. I think about this, it, Andrew. On this, oh. on this cockamamie <laughs> sheet that you that you came up with. Okay. Um, a lot of good names. A lot of people deserve to be mentioned here. Um, someone who you did not write down. It's the head coach of the New York Knicks. We're, we're very on brand today. Yeah. Yes, I did not put the put the head coach of the Knicks. No. And that's that's Tom Thibodeau. Okay. Um, Tom Thibodeau won his hundredth game as Knicks coach uh, on Friday night in Toronto. Uh, there have been thirteen head coaches of the New York Knicks since Jeff Van Gundy was like, "I'm getting fuck out of here." Uh, Thibodeau was only the third to win one hundred games, uh, so he only trails Mike D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni won one hundred and twenty-one games in about three and a half seasons, and then Mike Woodson won. Uh, 109 games uh, in, say, two two and a quarter seasons. So Tibbs is now at 100. Um, since Van Gundy left, him and Woody are the only head coaches in the New York Knicks or of the New York Knicks to have above a 500 record. Um, I have some other stuff on Tibbs, but I have a newsletter going out on Monday. Uh, a a one for you me. do. <laughs> a, a one for me, if you will. Uh, look, recheck no the rundown. To. Recheck the rundown. I I I I saw the rundown. I saw yeah. it. I added him to the list of candidates. I apologize. Congratulations, Tibbs. I listen. Deserves to be mentioned. Yes, the apology needs to be as loud as the disrespect. Both no, it doesn't. And no, for other it, people, it, no, no. You know why? It, you know why the apology doesn't need to be as loud as disrespect, and why there really doesn't need to be an apology because Tibbs doesn't care, and that's the best part about Tibbs. And that's he why no, he exists. No. Well, he does. That's that's not why he does this. Um, anyway, wait. Julius Randall. Julius Randall will be, will be my cashback player of the week. Um, he's been awesome. He should be an NBA All Star. Just said it was Tom Thibodeau. Yeah. No, I wa- I wanted to log a complaint about that Tom Thibodeau was not included on the rundown. Yeah, because I I didn't. I honestly just out of sight, out of mind. Forgot. I had five candidates already, and. <laughs> Decided not to put him there, um, but yeah, yes, and that's and that's he could be your cashback. I don't care. No, also, no. are you are you insinuating he like watches our show? No, of course he doesn't watch our show. Right, that's what I'm saying. He doesn't know we exist. Is what I well, said. You that's like, very different for watching our show versus knowing we exist. Two very different things. I don't think he knows what next film school is. Okay. I okay. Do you believe he does? <laughs> I, I don't I think do he knows that the internet exists, John. I think he's. Watching game Tom, film with Tom, a notepad. Tom Thibodeau is far more aware of the things that are said than I think you realize. What does this mean, John? I just think he is someone who keeps tabs on the things that are being said about him and his team. Mostly okay. his team. But yeah. Jeremy, where what do you react to this? Listen, if John's gonna lodge a complaint, then I'll lodge a complaint too. Okay. Andrew, you know, you mentioned the players. You add in the coach. 
You don't add in who hires the coach. <laughs> you don't add in the front office. You know, uh, let me do the full list. You know, the unmitigated gall, the gall to to not have the front office here when they're the ones who are the architects of this team. But no, I <laughs> can I can I can I, I just give my finish game for my game ball? Sure. I thought you were done, but yes. No, I'm 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 giving it to Julius Randle. Julius Randle okay. um through about half the season now. He's up to twelfth in the NBA in win shares, trailing only uh Jokic, Doncic, KD, Sabonis, Tatum, Halliburton, Lori Markin, and Donovan Mitchell, SGA, Embiid, and DeMar DeRozan. Some pretty pretty lofty names uh as far as that particular advanced stat goes. I also noticed noticed something um earlier today, just as far as like whether whether or not uh that I think it's uh I forget if it was win shares or box plus minus. I'm gonna look it up right now. But there is a Julius Randle like Advanced stats wise is 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 climbing up the leaderboards for Knicks like all time seasons um, on a, on a few of them. This is he's I'll say quietly because um, I think around the league it is pretty quiet. I think he's quietly putting together one of the best seasons for this franchise that quite frankly we've ever seen or, or we've seen in a long time. So I'm going to give my my game ball to the man who most most deserves it. And that's Julius Randle. All that you picked Julius Randall. I I swear. I'm sorry, it, Andrew. I was set up for Tibbs to <laughs> yeah. be the guy. I added more names to the list so everybody's happy. Uh Leon Rose, Brock Aller, Walt Perrin, Worldwide West, James Dolan, Charles Dolan, and the New York Rangers. <laughs> Anybody that's associated with that's Madison great. Square Garden. Uh JD in the straight shots, you know, any all the above. You're you're all now worthy of being candidates for game balls this week. Technically cashback players of the week. There you go. Mine is going to be Jalen Brunson. Uh, nice. He is he is him. He is he, as Benji would <laughs> point out grammatically, which is correct. What he did against the Spurs was beautiful. Just, I mean, tied his career high, correct, in points in a regular season game, 38. Yep. And it was just how he did it. You know, like one of the larger pushbacks to the idea of signing Jalen Brunson. And listen, this could still find its way to be true down the line, but it had to do with, well, what happens when you switch larger players onto him because he's a shorter guy and he did just fine with the wings that the Raptors have. And there are many. Well, he struggled at times against some of the, some of the Raptors, but he, he, he I didn't say it was flawless. I'm just saying that when the game is on the line and you need someone to create offense, when he did it, there was just decision-making that they froze at certain times. He was there to pick up the team. So I'm going with Jalen Brunson since Julius Randle was selected by you. Uh, the stat I was searching for before was uh, box plus minus. Uh, the all-time best season for a Nick, a box plus minus, is Patrick Ewing. His best statistical season, 89-90, had uh, 5.5. Um, Julius Randle currently at 4.5, which is eighth all-time, again, as of right now. Um, in in Knicks history for for one season. Now, box plus minus is a funky stat. It could go down. So, if, for instance, the Knicks start losing, or like Julius Randle, his plus minus isn't so great. Like that number could go down. But he is officially in the running for, you know, at least by one advanced stat. One of the one of the great Knicks seasons ever. Um, okay, uh, detention. And I, I love when this section is quick. Uh, 
candidates. Nobody. Three in a week, baby. Here we go. Carlos Correa. Figure it out already. I, I'm very proud of myself that I know what, what that is a reference to. Grayson Allen uh, and Andrew has here written nut punchers deserve the death penalty. And they do. I wasn't even aware he punched somebody in the. You didn't see the flagrant foul in the comeback against the Raptors. I mean, I, I this is also watched, Grayson Allen, who has a history of flagrant activities that would label I, I him a dirty, dirty player. I know like, that part of the comeback against the Raptors is that they hit a three. The Raptors. Then there was a five-second violation. Then Gary Trent took a three, and Grayson Allen love tapped them in an area. And I just I feel a certain way that like if you're gonna foul somebody hard, that's not bad. But it's it's bad. But like it's part of the game. Be physical. Certain fouls you should not only be suspended for life, but there should be criminal activity. Uh, sure. Don't suspend uh, you know them, what? but give them capital punishment or subject them. No, to suspend them for life and give them capital punishment. Both, both. Yeah, One yeah. is not enough. You know what? Uh, Next time we're playing basketball, John, I'll see if Grace Allen does it to you and see what happens. Please don't. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, uh, candidates Bill Simmons had a Knicks greatest what if Knicks podcast, and he failed to mention uh, what if like Pat Riley stuck around and was given maybe an ownership stake. I know Andrew's quite passionate about that one. Sports guy, here, I have a book for you. It's called Blood in the Garden. It was on the New York Times bestsellers list. Uh, Chris Herring wrote it. You should read it and then you might rethink your list. And last uh, and least, uh, me for yelling at people in the post game on Friday night. <laughs> Hashtag sorry, not sorry. Uh, I took it, one night off. One night. It's all it takes. Mm-hmm. I don't need a, I don't need a runway. Uh, Jeremy, you go first here. Um, I am not a Mets fan, so I'm not going to go with Carlos Correa. Don't care enough about Grayson Allen. Don't care enough about Bill Simmons anymore. <laughs> um, care about John, but not going to put you in detention. Although I will stand with Andrew, I suppose. Um, so I'm going to go with nobody. going to go with nobody, John. Right. It's the next three in a week. If you're taking nobody, uh, gosh, you should take yourself. I will. I was, I'll take myself. That's fine. I got a, got a little feisty on Friday. <laughs> it's okay. It happens. <laughs> got to keep it real. We can take, no, I'm not taking, no, I, I'll put myself in detention. Um, where I will be bringing with me, however, uh, a glass of, how do I pronounce this? Tokuika uh, Estate. It's a 2022 Sauve Blanc from Marlboro. Um, I need to refill my glass because I ran out about 20 minutes ago, but that's my my wine uh, that I've been enjoying throughout this show. Uh, it's, it's quite good. Uh, if you like a, a, a Sauve Blanc, what's, what's the opposite of a dry white? Wet. 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 <laughs> 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 oh yes, this a, wine is very it's wet. Not, it's not. It's a wet white wine. Yeah. Uh, okay. Predictions. Uh, Jeremy still uh, has a not a commanding lead, uh, but he still has a sizable lead. lead. Seven and four. I'm four and seven. Uh, four games this week. Uh, every other day, starting uh, today, as you were listening to this, with a home matchup with the Bucks, um, and followed by on Wednesday with a home matchup with the Pacers. Both of those are at 7.30. Friday night, we are at Washington in a game that um, my guess is that Bradley Beal will not be playing in that game. Uh, he was 
the last we heard, he was going to be reevaluated in a week, and a week would put him right before that game. So if it says reevaluation in a week, they usually don't play right after that. And then at Detroit, um, a team that has, you know, they've had some some chutzpah at times this season, but they have also just been doing a lot of losing. Uh, and that game is also on the road. That's a 1 p.m. start in, in, uh, uh, in Detroit on Sunday. Yeah. Hmm. I always like to put you in a tough spot. It's always my goal. Not because I, you know, it's nothing personal. I just, if I could put you in a tough spot, it makes, you know, it makes, it makes it easier that like, it'll give you a choice. And if you get the choice, there is a better chance that you will choose wrong as opposed to if I give you an obvious pick on a silver platter, then you only have one choice and it's, you know, are you explaining logic to me? I think I'm meant. Yeah, no, I got that. Thank you. I appreciate that, John. <laughs> no, see, but like, here's the thing. I don't, I don't, I want to win. I don't want you to win. And I'm going to make it so you have to pick ones that you have a less. Yes. No, oh thank God. you. I if I wasn't in detention already, I definitely <laughs> need to be in detention now. Maybe, maybe don't let me out. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'm not going to. Oh, man. Mm. No, I'm not going to overthink. I'll, I'll go three and one. I'll, I'll go three and one. I, I think I know. I think I would, I know which way you're going to go. And I have, a, I wonder if you would have picked that's, I don't know if you want to be honest with me. Would you have picked, I'm assuming you're going to pick two and two. I, I guess I should wait until you pick first. I am going to select two and two. Would you have taken two and two anyway? I would not have. Okay. You would have taken three and one. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. So um, we'll see. Yeah, but this is another one of those ones where, and again, God knows, don't ever try to predict anything with this freaking team, despite everything we talked about earlier. But like, that is one of those nice things for me. Well, it could be nice for me and it could be terrible for me because if they if they beat Milwaukee, I'm feeling freaking great about my chances the rest of the week. If they lose to Milwaukee, then it's like, oh, wow, I got to go. I got to go three and oh. So I guess from that perspective, maybe two and two is the smart was a smart pick because if you think they're going to lose against the Bucs and like I sit here today, I don't know that I feel great about us beating the Bucs. Then at that point, you only got to get one more loss. Well, here's the other thing. Think about the last, let's see, 17 games. Eight straight, four straight, eight straight, five straight, four straight. Four straight. So I'm just saying it doesn't predict future outcomes, but we can no. potentially say that if they if they lost two games... If they lost a game, that they might lose a game after that before snapping a streak. But they could win three the first three games and then lose the last one, and you'd still walk away with the win. Well, so it should be a good week this week. Wouldn't wouldn't that be something? Um, yeah, I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I think this team's is playing good, and um, they'll at least you know even against better teams or good teams. I'm not saying Indiana's better, although Indiana won again tonight. My God, I was watching some of that game. Um, so, yeah, Indiana moves ahead of us in the standings. Although the Heat lost to the Nets. Good job by Brooklyn eking that one out in the end. Although we will see if the Nets lost that game to a greater extent. As oh, yeah. K- K- yeah. K- KD knee. Um, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens there. Okay. Uh, announcements. Um, do, you want, do you want to do the first announcement? Should I do the first announcement? I can do the first announcement. Absolutely. I, I, I figured since it, it pertains more to you than me. It does. Uh, there will be an episode of Cream 
capitals everything around me on Tuesday, January 10th. So I believe we said, Andrew, did we say 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time? That is up to you and what time you'd like it to be. So if it works easier for six or seven, it's it's up to you. That's a great point. I will be in the office. So 7 p.m. it is. 7 p.m. on Tuesday on the YouTube channel, on, on all places that we go live when we go live now. Um, if you want to participate, I guess, head to the YouTube channel and we'll be pinning all your questions, uh, cap related, trade related, um, you know, who you'd like to come to the Knicks related uh, this we, Tuesday night. Trade we, we didn't we didn't commemorate trade season kicked off. Yes, uh, there was a trade. <laughs> a former former Tibbs. Uh, Tibbs guy, uh, Gorgie Jang was, what was that? He was traded and then waived and now he's. So Noah Vonley, once a Nick, always I was gonna say, well, him too, Nick yeah. was traded happened. to San Antonio and then they waived Vonley and they, they waived Jang to create the space for him. And then they brought back Jang on a 10 day contract. Yeah. Uh, they being the Spurs. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Once a Nick, always a Nick, Noah Vonley. Yes. How could I forget? Uh, okay. So. Good stuff. Uh, check out Jeremy at seven o'clock on Tuesday. Also, um, in case you missed it, we debuted our new end of the week day and end of whatever it Friday podcast Friday. Called, yes. called Casual Fridays, in which Andrew uh, hops on with uh, several members of the Knicks Film School crew. Is the, is it going to be this four man lineup officially moving forward? I know that's what you said, but I wanted to confirm. Yep, okay. the Casuals. So the casuals, uh, XJ, Mensa, Sean with a W, very much enjoyed the conversation, very much enjoyed the format. There was uh, a little bit of feistiness there. Some of the, shockingly, when RJ Barrett came up, there was some feistiness. Mm-hmm. Who would have who ever thought that he yeah, could inspire yeah. feistiness? Uh, yeah, but that was a good listen. And I would strongly recommend uh, everybody who didn't check it out to, at the very least, check out this week's uh, upcoming episode. I just want to say, before you move on to the next one, I loved it. You guys absolutely hey. destroyed it. Um, it was so insightful. I was laughing out loud as I was listening to it on the street. Like just incredibly enjoyable. So highly, highly, highly recommend for all KFS podcast, you know, content that we have. But that one was a lot of fun. So thank yeah. you. Just Fridays, you're good. I, I see. I know where your heart was, Jeremy. It's <laughs> no, thank you, thank you. On behalf of the casuals, we, we yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. Well, as an original casual, if you recall, it's very true. Game recognized the, game. There you the, go. The, the original casual. casual. The original casual. Yeah. Shout out Dante. <laughs> oh God. It's ninety nine million dollars. Anyways, I digress. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Uh huh. Anyway, uh, and then Andrew finished this off because uh, okay, so. Yeah. XJ, Sean, Mensa, and I, we were doing a pregame show for the first half of the season. Um, not even the first half of the season, although the next game is game 41. So yes, the first half of the yep. season. Um, and when our partnership with uh, a previously now unnamed uh, sportsbook ended, we decided to also reformat the pregame for the pregame show. Um, and going forward, we are going to be releasing a pregame pod on the feed um, as well as the YouTube channel. Uh, it won't be right before the game. It will be mostly at noon, most likely at noon on game days, uh, unless they're like they have a matinee like next Sunday. We might release that at midnight, but um, it's an ambitious project in which I'm going to try and go around to get a content creator, uh, most likely a blue wire 
content creator that covers a, not the other team or the opposing team. Um, I've already recorded tomorrow's just with Ty Windish of the Eurostep hey. podcast. Um, Ty. Part of the Blue Wire podcast network. And we talked this afternoon about the Milwaukee Bucks and how their season's going. Went from 9-0 and to 16-14 and in their last 30. Um, so uh, we talked a bit. So that'll drop on your podcast feeds uh, at noon uh, Eastern Standard Time tomorrow. And then we're going to try and keep doing that going forward. So the pregame pod is now what it's become. Not the KFS pregame show, which now becomes a pregame podcast. Wonderful. All right. Uh, that is great. Uh, check out Casual Fridays. Check out uh, the new pregame pod. I'm excited to listen to your conversation with with uh, Ty. Um, I hope you reminded him that for the season as a whole, the entire season, Knicks, higher net rating than the Bucks. I didn't because he pointed out that they're 2-0 and against us. And I uh, was like, all right, like, your, your season starts in January. But what is interesting is as things currently stand, this is the playoff preview of the the matchups. This would be 3-6, Knicks, Bucks, you know? Uh, well, I hate to break it to you, but oh, because it would the Nets now won, not be. Yeah. Because uh, okay. uh, the Pacers won. So. Oh, Man. the Pacers are now six. Okay. Well, at time of recording. It was there you go. Not yep. Nets, Bucks. That was Nick's Bucks. Whether they get in as six, or I mean, I suppose higher than six, or whether it ends up them in the seven or the eight spot or whatever, like there is going to be a juicy, juicy matchup. That we're gonna get to look forward. To. I think that uh, arguably the Bucks matchup would be the w- would be the one with the least. Yeah, it would yep. be the one with the least history behind it. I mean, the old heads who remember uh, what was it when they faced off against Kareem? Seventy two, seventy one. I'm gonna. This is this is embarrassing. One of the years that they won a championship, I know they had to go through Kareem. Yeah, it would be seventy three. Was it seventy three? It won in seventy and seventy three. So, I'm gonna assume and, and then not there the was one that he was not in the league for. <laughs> and then there was one that did Kareem went through him uh, in route two, I believe. I'm pretty sure when the Bucks won, they went through. Anyway, Ray is gonna be so mad at you. I, I, it's I, I, I am very embarrassed that I do not have my Knicks playoff um, paths from fifty years ago. Memory, unbelievable. That is a that is a that is a bad job by me. No. As Adrian's looking it up, Knicks never played the Bucks in the finals. And no, not, no, no, because not. the Bucks are in the East, the Bucks are in the East. They played them in. Oh, I see what you're saying. Finals. No, no, no. It's seventy-one. So they played the Bullets in the finals of Bucks, and in the conference finals, they played the Knicks. That's what. Okay. That's yeah, what yeah. That's was. what you're thinking of. So the Knicks never, never then beat the Bucks en route to either of their finals. I'm now going through the seventy-three finals run because I feel like probably maybe is what you're talking about. I think that is what happened. And if I'm wrong, um, leave it in, and I will. I will wear my shame. Um, You're already in detention. So I'm already in detention go. for multiple reasons for explaining, mansplaining logic, and uh, they did not have to play the Bucks in '73. They beat the Baltimore Bullets in the semis, and then the Celtics. Celtics in seven, and then they beat the Lakers in five. That was another series against the Celtics in '73. Yep. Okay. Well, that's a bad job by me. Okay. Oh well, I'll just stay in detention. That's fine. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate you looking <laughs> that up, Andrew. You're welcome. Uh, and appreciate you producing, as always. Uh, Jeremy Cohen, amazing. Thank you, John. Like, don't choke on any more water. <laughs> <laughs>
I'll try not to. Don't try to explain logic to more people. They no, get it. I am Unless going to try your daughter to could. She could learn. I'm going to explain logic to more stuff. people tonight. Yeah. I'm going to go find someone to explain logic. To. <laughs> uh, thank you, everybody out there, for checking out another episode of the Next Film School podcast. Uh, don't forget, if you dig the show, please, please, please take it. Take, doesn't take long. Go just five stars helps us out a lot. Uh, leave a little review. Say what you like about the show. Those things add up, and they do a lot for us. And uh, yeah, we will be back with uh, more funny games very soon. Hold on. What? Vindication. What? The Knicks went through the Bucks in 1970. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank uh, you. You're welcome. You're welcome. I wanted to make sure I got this right and not, you know, wrong. So, yes, they went through the Bucks in 1970. The Knicks 1-5 beat the Bucks by 36 points in Game 5. But So, there you go. And then they beat the Celtics en route in 73. And then who did they beat on the way to the finals in 72? Um, They didn't beat the Bucks. I know that much. Okay. Yes. I think it's probably the Bullets and the Celtics because that there were seven teams. So <laughs> like it's it, eventually you're going to get it right, you know. But Kareem, that's the only playoff series he played against the Knicks is 1970. That's my mistake because I thought he got drafted in 71. He got drafted in seven, in 69, 70. So that was his first um, season in the league. The uh, 72 East Finals was was also they beat the Celtics. Yes. So they beat the Celtics two, two years in a row and the year before that they beat or the year before that they lost to Kareem. The year before that they beat Kareem. So there you go. Kareem in game three against the Knicks in the uh, in 1970 in that conference semis it looks like had 33 points and 31 rebounds Kareem yes average 34 and 17 for the series Jesus oh, wow. these numbers are nuts yeah he's very good yes um, yeah and it's sorry 71 was the bullets that's right okay anyway alright enough talk about stuff that happened a long time ago we'll see you guys later peace out Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.